All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check when the puck comes right to Pedersen who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! Moments no. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. My name is Chris Faber and we are rocking solo here brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. Use our promo code Hockey Season, all one word, capital H, capital S, Hockey Season. That'll get you $5 off your order of $50 or more and you'll get free shipping on top of it as well. It's good stuff over there, Zephyr Epic. They got the rookie cards coming in of Andre Kuzmenko, so be sure to check that out. And uh, be sure to follow them as well, at Zephyr Epic on Instagram, Twitter. Lots of good stuff over on their social media there. They keep you up to date with all the sales that are going on, all the new breaks, everything. Follow them on Twitch as well. They got some uh, live breaks on there. Like I said, we're rocking solo today. My name is Chris Faber. I think I mentioned that already off the top. I am joined by a producer, Alex Allard, who's here with me as well. 
We got the Canucks tonight facing off against the St. Louis Blues. We'll get into that. We're going to talk a bunch of prospects because obviously I'm by myself. What else are we going to talk about? It's going to be prospects. We'll dive into a ton of that. We are joined by one of our favorite prospects as well. He's going to join us at about 1.15. Arters Seelovs is going to bring the arty party to Canucks Conversation Live here on YouTube. We're going to have a lot of fun with the chat today as well. We're rocking with the solo episode. We're basically just hanging out. We're both just going to be hanging out today. Um, so I'll bring in producer Alex Lord. Alex, how are you doing today? What's uh, what's the day been like for you? It's been a busy day for me, actually. So We've got a bunch of uh, sponsorships across the network. So uh, actually nothing that affects this show. So that's about as far as I could talk about that. It's good to hear. It's, uh, it's that East Coast bias. But uh, you guys had, you were producing... Uh, Leafs morning take today, those to those Leafs guys over there. But uh, you guys had Bruce Boudreaux on the show today. I, I listened in. There wasn't really much Canucks talk, but uh, that must have been a pr- pretty cool little guest for you guys to have over on that show, eh? Yeah, Bruce has been on a couple times now. I don't know what's going on there. That uh, glowing things to say about the Canucks. Everyone should go on and listen. Yeah, excellent stuff, but don't subscribe. Um, all right, let's get into tonight's game. Uh, like I mentioned, the Canucks facing off against the St. Louis Blues tonight. A massive game. For the draft lottery odds. Can we get the reverse standings up here, Alex? Have a look at these things. Because how tonight's game is going to affect the draft lottery could be massive. Because the Canucks facing off against the St. Louis Blues. They're basically just within one spot of each other right now in the reverse standings. And it's going to be an interesting game to follow tonight. We expect Thatcher Demko to be the starter tonight. We have seen some changes to the lineup, which we'll get to in just a moment here. But I did want to bring up just how... This like tonight feels like the the night where if the Canucks win, I don't know if I think we have to retire that tank video, Alex. I don't think we're going to be able to pull that thing out after tonight. Uh, the Canucks are starting to pull away. We see their record obviously over the last ten games. They're eight two and zero over the last twelve. They've won ten games. They're playing good hockey. They're playing really good hockey. It, I brought this up on the Flame Show, uh, but you know that. The Flames are talking how they're like they're close and they're kind of there and they're just kind of falling off now. The Canucks have more wins than the Flames do, but the Flames have all these loser points. I think I talked to you about that too. Same with like the Stars; they're pretenders too. They have fourteen loser points. They're gonna get away with these loser points. I could not believe that when you brought it up pre-show yesterday that the Calgary Flames have fifteen overtime or shootout losses, and that's what's kind of propelling them to the point of being in a playoff or near a playoff spot, that is anyways. I mean, the Canucks have more wins. Like you said, that is a wild stat to look at with the Canucks having more wins than a team that's actually really close to being in a playoff spot right now with the Calgary Flames. And I think that that kind of brings up like the Canucks the way they're playing. They're at 500 right now up to this. They've won, like I said, 10 of their last 12 games. It's been good hockey of late. They've had some additions to the lineup now, even with guys like Philip Ronick and obviously the Thatcher Demko coming back made a huge difference for this team. But when you look at the reverse standings, you see the Canucks are at 73 points right now. I mean, 73 games in, 73 points. It's it's obviously not where you want to be. Uh, this isn't a spot where you're, you know, battling with the Anaheim, Chicago, Columbus, San Jose group that is at the bottom of the standings or the top of the draft lottery standings, depending how you want to look at it. And I think that's what's difficult because the Canucks are also in a spot where they're not near a playoff spot. We just talked about the Calgary Flames. Those loser points are helping them get to that point, I guess. But the Canucks are back to that mushy middle and touched on this a little bit on yesterday's show about this season being a little bit of a disaster. And I don't think you can look at it any other way, right? Like there's been a lot of positivity over the last little bit, but there was even more positivity. It felt like last season and to see the Canucks be back in this mushy middle is just not where you want this, this team to ever be for people who watch this organization, whether you're a Fairweather fan or a diehard who tunes into this show and reads everything at Canucks army and, you know, can't get away from the content for one day. Like, Everybody just wants to see this team have success in the end. And it's a very difficult spot when you're consistently in the mushy middle because you don't give yourself a real opportunity to land a Connor Bedard. You don't give yourself an opportunity to even pick a Fantilli or a Carlson, guys that can really change your organization for the better. And if you're not there and you're not competing for a playoff spot, to me, that's a disaster. To me, that is the worst spot that you can be in. The mushy middle is where the Canucks have been for a long time. And we're seeing that continue on into this season. So, Change is something we've wanted in this market for a long time. I think we started to see a little bit of it this year. We saw this management group do their work. There's still so much to do in the offseason. 
They're going to have to get to some sort of changes in the offseason, whether it be something like an OEL buyout, whether it be a JT Miller trade or moving on from one of these other wingers. There still needs to be so much more moves to make this team actually competitive. And I think that's where they're going, right? Like we're not looking at this team and thinking, okay, well, maybe this is the year they tank a little bit. Like this was the right season for them to do that. There was Connor Bedard, a local kid, at the top of the draft lottery. You also had a Swedish guy who's going to go in the top three, so we know the Canucks management probably likes that. And then Fantilli, what he's doing in the NCAA, like this was the year to go down and actually take a step back. The Canucks obviously haven't done that. They've rang off a ton, a bunch of wins here as this season has gone on up to this point. And I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go this offseason. I, I do think there's going to be a ton of movement. There has to be. There's, there's going to obviously be a lot of changes to happen with this team. I'm not sure where to even start, to be honest. I, I'm very curious what this team ends up doing in free agency. That's always going to be an option. It's always going to, you know, no matter where your team is at, they're going to sign a free agent. So it'll be interesting to see which way the Canucks go with theirs, as well as some RFAs to peek at as well. But I want to dive into tonight's game a little bit as we – Took things from a wide lens there talking about the Vancouver Canucks. Tonight they face off against the St. Louis Blues. A couple of lineup changes as well for the Vancouver Canucks. And a guy that I want to spend a little bit of time uh, talking about here. Before we're joined by Archer Seelovs in about uh, just under 10 minutes time here. He's going to hop on the show and join us here, which we're very excited about. Uh, and by the way, the outs for Canucks, they're off in Winnipeg. They're going to face the Manitoba Moose on Wednesday. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. But let's get the lines up here, Alex, from today. Uh, tweeted out by Dan Murphy. Changes at the top, as Andre Kizmenko and Elias Pettersson have a new line mate, and it's a guy that finished off a little bit of their game on Sunday against the Chicago Blackhawks. It's Dakota Joshua hopping into the lineup here, moving up to the top line, getting that opportunity with Elias Pettersson, which basically, if you're on the Vancouver Canucks and you're in the organization, you would love to be on a line with Elias Pettersson. And we see Joshua get that opportunity. I think this is a, this is just it's something we've talked about for a while with Joshua. This is the perfect landing spot. This is the spot for Joshua to have a good couple of years here in the NHL. With Rick Tockett as his coach, Tockett believes in this player, believes that he can be a 20-goal scorer if put into the right opportunity, and now you're seeing a little bit of shine here on the penalty kill, and that type of play gets rewarded sometimes with the lineup change, and that's what I think we're seeing here with Dakota Joshua, who has earned a lot of the trust from the coach and He's now getting an opportunity to play with the best forward on the Vancouver Canucks in Elias Pettersson, as well as Kuzmenko, who basically is just a magnet for putting up points for yourself as well. And I like this opportunity. Joshua's got 11 goals and 9 assists in 70 games this year. He's averaging 11 minutes and 11 seconds of ice time per night, and he has 190 hits on the season. He's been a guy who had 40 NHL games coming into this year. It's not like he was a veteran. You know, he's 26 years old, but it's not like he was playing since he was 20. Had a couple years in the NHL, had an NCAA career that was a little ripped up because of COVID even at that point. But now he's given an opportunity in the NHL, not just an opportunity, but a real serious opportunity with success on the horizon. And that's what I think is going to be a great situation for Joshua. Do I think he's going to be a top line with Elias Pettersson? No, I don't think that's going to be a spot where he always is. But even just getting this opportunity, these are the things that we like to see when we talk about this team doing an extended training camp, it's like, let's see what Joshua looks like for a run. Does that give the line enough of an interesting look to say, okay, maybe this is something we go to here and there, depending on how the game goes, right? It's an opportunity for him for sure to showcase himself. Uh, we do have video and we'll play this real quick. Rick talk talking about Dakota Joshua and the opportunity that he's kind of created for himself because of his good play. We know talk. really likes what Dakota Joshua has been able to do this season. He's obviously a player that Tockett enjoys watching plays, a guy that talked about the Canucks needing some players to be strong on the boards. And we'll just hear from Rick Tockett here. We'll dive in on the other side. So this is Rick Tockett here talking about Dakota Joshua. You know, we, this organization needs big wall guys, and we don't really have a lot. And when I saw him, gave him a run's responsibility. Um, Big part of our PK now, he's a, he's becoming a finisher. He's, he's he's getting some chances. He's finishing. I think guys, there's another level there, um, and we're lucky we have another year. And I told him if he plays a big a big man's game, give and go type of style, he'll pay the mortgage for you know, a bunch of bunch of years here. You know he can do that. So, um, but you know, and, and, and Josh knows for me is consistency. If he can stay consistent, that's that's probably his next level. 
is you know a couple good games and not so much. Uh, now he's starting to string two, three, four games together, and I think that's a big key for him. Give him a run with Pedersen tonight, I guess. Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put him against Chicago, and uh, you know we it kind of turned around the third period for us. So just to get him, get Pete some guys that'll get some pucks for him. So there's a lot to take away from those comments. I think the big one is the word consistency, right? That seems like the the hot topic word there, especially when talk it's talking about Dakota Joshua. He's talked about the consistency needing to be there. And it's a consistent effort where I think if you put them in a position, if you put a player in a position now to play on a line with Elias Pettersson, this is the ultimate challenge of how consistent can you be. If you can be consistent enough to get an opportunity, that's one thing that's great. Get a chance to play with Elias Pettersson. But now there's another question about consistency. It's can you consistently be a guy who the coach can trust to play on a line with Elias Pettersson? That's a huge ask, right? That's a huge ask. It's also a great opportunity. So it's kind of a, you know, a two-sided sword. <laughs> if that's, uh, I don't think that's the right way of putting it. But it's it's two different situations where there's a positive and necessarily a negative, but just like a little bit of a worrisome. Like you have this opportunity, you've created the opportunity for yourself, but this isn't the end. This isn't this final spot on creating something because of being consistent. And I think that's what we liked with Joshua. I thought throughout the season, he's been a guy who does a lot of simple things around the crease that are really important. And this is something that I've watched and been really happy with, wrote about it actually very early on in the season for Canucks Army, about Dakota Joshua. And he just likes to simplify things around the net. Get the puck towards the net. Find somebody who's skating towards the net. Get them the puck. These type of things are the things that's given a lot of success early on for a guy like Dakota Joshua in a Vancouver Canucks jersey and off to like a hot start with this team where I said only had 40 NHL games coming into this year. It's not like it was something he was consistently doing. He's finding a spot. He's finding his role. There's a lot to learn in your first season in the NHL, and Joshua's proving that he can be effective in that role. We're going to be joined by Archer Seelaws in just a couple of moments here, but also I want to say we are going to do a ton of prospect talk. You can check it out right now actually over on the YouTube channel for Canucks Army right here. I did post a Blackfish uh, Canucks Army prospect report. It was like 11 minutes long. It was uh, it was a long-winded one. The article had a lot. There was a lot of clips that we had to get to, uh, and we'll play a couple later here in the show. But as well, if you want to get involved in the chat, we'll chat about whatever prospects you guys like to bring up uh, because I could do that all day long. I'm a little worried coming in here and doing the solo episode because I do like to talk, but I also like to take a little bit of a break here and there. Uh, so we'll have to see how the rest of this thing goes, but with prospects, I feel like that's the easy one. We can do that all day long. We'll close out the show with that after we are joined by Arthur Silas, which we'll get to in just a minute. Uh, and pretty exciting things going on in Abbotsford, right? Obviously, they just clinched a playoff spot. That's super exciting for what this organization is hoping to see. Uh, some playoff games out in the Valley. They didn't get any last year. And we'll probably have a little conversation with Arthur Seelovs about that uh, as well when we get to him. But with Abbotsford and the way they're playing, they haven't been playing great hockey of late. Lost a couple games here, but they're a team that's finally clinched that spot. It's maybe it's a little bit of weight off your shoulders getting to this point. And a lot of it has been the good goaltending of late. We've seen Spencer Martin and Arthur Seelovs both play great hockey as of late. And that's something that's carried this Abbotsford team to the point that they're at right now. So tonight's game... In Vancouver, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but at the same time, like I, I wonder, is this the final day that we can even like play the tank video? We're going to finish with it, of course, because that's that is what we do on this show. We always like to close it out. It's one of our favorite things to do here on the show. Have a little bit of fun. But I don't know. I think after today, if the Canucks end up winning this game in regulation, and you see no points for the St. Louis Blues. Maybe this tank video that we worked so hard on, we don't get to see anymore, which would be unfortunate. But that's too bad. Uh, we'll have to see what happens anyways. No matter what, like at least there's some positives that we can look at from this Canucks team for next season. Because I've questioned how much the winning has been a good thing throughout the year. But there's no question that the way that you know Elias Pettersson is playing, having Thatcher Demko come back, these are at least positives that you hope you can take into next season. And these are ones that... You have to feel some sort of confidence towards them being able to follow through into next season. It'd be something you can build off. At least those are the things that I feel confident that this team can build off of going into next season, getting the good goaltending, playing better structure defensively, and the stars being stars. That's what it's all been about uh, for the Vancouver Canucks and their winning ways over the past 12 games. So at least that's exciting. You like to see the team win. You like to see the local boys get some dubs. Speaking of dubs, we've had a lot of them in the AHL this season. The team just clinched a playoff spot. And now joining us here on the show, 
It's always an arty party here on the show when we talk about Archer Laws, but now he is here for an arty party here on the show. Archer, how you doing, man? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I need to ask off the top. I heard you guys had an incredible meal last night. At JetWoo's uh, family restaurant, what was the best me- What was the best thing you ate at JetWoo's family restaurant last night? Uh, for me, I think it was like everything was like amazing. Uh, there was like a rice dish. Uh, there was like a chicken. It was like really good. Um, desserts were really good. So I think overall the dinner was like really really nice, and uh, we are all really thankful to his family to hosting us. The, their restaurant that's awesome did you guys make jet be a waiter like was he moving around getting everybody waters and stuff like that <laughs> uh sort of but it was more uh family doing that i think that's it's cool because like uh, i mentioned you and, and jet there a couple of really young guys on this team how how cool has that been for abbotsford who i felt like is a pretty young team last year feels like you guys are even younger this year how much fun is it to be a young guy in the mix here with these young players uh, I think it's great because, like, there's not a big uh, age uh, difference, right? So I think it's easier to just uh, get together, right? Because uh, it's just, like, we are all, like, pretty similar mm-hmm. at some point and, like, mentally, and it's, like, just easier to communicate and just become friends and teammates, right? I think that's that's the interesting thing because it's there's been a lot of success with the young players too. Like, how much does that just make it easier? Like being, you know, as a team coming together. You guys are all so young, and it's not like you have a lot of pro experience, but you guys have been able to have success. How helpful has that been for development? Uh, I think it's like really good for development. It's like every single game is different, right? Uh, so it's like getting a new experience every single time. And like managing to, let's say, not win only like two, three games, uh, even extend like let's say to five, six games, right? It still takes a lot of stuff to like to do that. Uh, like even winning in this league, it's it's not easy winning, right? It's always a grind. It's uh, you always have to be on the edge. So it's uh, it takes everyone to win the games. That's awesome, man. I. We haven't had a chance to, like, I talk to you post-game sometimes here. We see you in the post-games out in Abbotsford. But I've never had a chance to just, like, ask you some other, some younger questions about growing up. So I got to ask one about hockey and just say, why would you want to be a goalie? Because I feel like that's the position that I would not want to be around. I don't want pucks coming at me. Why did you want to be a goalie when you were a kid? Uh, For me, it was, like, a different story because, like, I was a forward before. I like we didn't have a goalie in our team, so everyone was trying out as a goalie. And for me, I guess uh, it worked out, right? And that's how I became a goalie. So how old was that when you were like, ah, I can't be a forward anymore, I'll be the goalie? Uh, like eight, nine years old, I oh, think. Okay, yeah. wow. That was, so like I, that. I had a younger brother, and I was like, hey, you should be a goalie, it'd be fun. But it was nice for me because I had a goalie to shoot on every time. So I was wondering if you had like an older brother or maybe that was why you became a goalie. <laughs> no, no, no. 
Um, so, Arthur's, there's been a lot of a lot of changes for you over the past year. You're getting an opportunity to play a ton out in Abbotsford. A lot of starts for you. What are you most proud of over the past 12 months? The last one year, there's been so much that's happened for you. What are you most proud of right now? Uh, I'm just thinking like uh, that I'm capable, like playing, winning the games, and like let my skill asset is growing, and like. I know I'm becoming more confident uh, in the crease, knowing like what is my like strengths, right? So I think just understanding yourself even more at this stage, it's like even better, right? Mm. And with a new coach coming in, how has it been to kind of like I, I remember looking back and the first game I saw Jeremy Colton coach was in Penticton. You had a shutout. I was thinking, man, he's he's gonna like you. You got a shout out in the first game playing in front of them. What's it been like with your relationship with the new coach? Uh, it was really good. I think like uh, there's like a lot of opportunities given, right? And like for a team, I think he's a really good coach. Uh, like we're playing structure, like we're doing like a lot of stuff, which like. It's like, you know, it's like calm, I would say. Mm. It's never like too aggressive speaking. Like, you know, there's like a couple of coaches who like to scream, <laughs> like at least in back in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he's like really calm and like, and I really like that actually. And I think it's, it just makes you think like, okay, you have to be better on the next period mm. and try to win the, the game by like, uh, well, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you there. Uh, yeah, my yeah, my AirPod dropped. Oh, no worries. Uh, yeah, with with Carlton, it's been interesting because in some post games, I've noticed like I'm sure he's pretty firm with you guys after a tough game as well, and I've seen a couple of them out there in Abbotsford. Um, but at the same time, you mentioned it's it's maybe nice. Is it more? you know, constructive of him kind of teaching after a bad game because, you know, the bad games are going to happen. It's going to be something that happens, and you mentioned it. Some people will yell at you. Some people will teach you. It sounds like Jeremy's more of a teacher in those moments and more than a yeller, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's a better to be a teacher in that moment because, as you said before, we have so many young guys, right? And it's like just the beginning of the careers of many players, and I think it's, like, really important to – understand the basics of the game mm. and like let's say every single coach has a, like a different vision right mm -hmm. so i think it's good to have like uh, our head coach's vision and play by it growing up Artie, when you were in latvia playing there what it feels like you know it's like a goalie hotbed at times there are some goalies that come out of latvia is that something that's just known for you back home like everybody wants to be an nhl goaltender because yeah. it feels like that's where you know, your country pumps out people. It's goaltenders. Like, the you guys pump out some really good goaltenders uh, at the World Juniors and situations like that. We see a Latvian goalie, you know, steal a game against Canada or whatever it is. It's a lot of fun. What is it like? Like, what's the thoughts about goalies back home? Uh, I, I just think, like, uh, we don't really, like, take it too seriously at the beginning when you really started, right? And I think it's like all the development stuff comes later when you're like a teenage uh, years old, right? Mm -hmm. Somewhere there. And I think there's like a lot of good goalie coaches we have. Like maybe we don't have, let's say, the best technique uh, that uh, what North America offers, right? Right. But I think there's still like a basis uh, to make us uh, just like the point to make a save, right? Yeah, and that's that's something that I feel like I'm not a goalie guy. I'm not a goalie coach. I don't know perf like perfection up to goalie stuff, but I want to ask you like you you said it a little bit earlier, feeling a little bit more confident that you could do the job. And I have to think that that's something that's changed in your game a lot over the past year. How much confidence do you have making a save this year compared to last year? Just confident. Just simply going out there and making saves. It feels like you look more confident in the in the rink there. Uh it's a big difference. It's a, like, I would say a huge difference. Like I played like so many games this year already. Yeah. And it's like, you know, there's like 
like it's boosting your confidence, boosting your understanding of shooters, like in this league. And it just makes easier easier for myself to understand, okay, I, somewhere I have to be just more, let's say, patient, right? Mm. But when you're like, let's say, new to the league, you're uh, short of your like on adrenaline all the time. And you're trying to like jump over like <laughs> to a lot of saves, which makes like difficult after save. Right, right. Which and can cause like some trouble. I, I wanted to ask about the new goaltender coach in Abbotsford as well with Marco Terenius. Um, you talked about, you know, some guy, and he's a guy who's come from Europe. He's been all around, it feels like, uh, everywhere in Europe. Uh, what's it been like this year? Because I, I heard a lot of good things from you and, and Mikey last year about Curtis Sanford and him getting a great opportunity with Toronto. That's good for him. But what's it been like having Marco come in? And, like, what is the day-to-day that you guys have as a relationship? Uh, I think it's been really good. Uh, like, different goalie coach. Uh, different experience uh, I think it's like it you know like like in goaltending I think there's like only on the s- small things you can really work on because like a- everyone is like different everyone's stance is different everyone's like athleticism is different right and I feel like it's just about like small things which like can make a big role in like in your game and that's the thing that Marco's been so good at is, is just keeping you on track with those small things you're kind of saying there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like giving uh, advice as what to do maybe better, right? Mm. Right, most definitely. And I think it's like, yeah, it's like, I think he's been like a really good coach for good. me. And it's a, it seems like a guy who has a good relationship with Ian Clark, and that's probably why Ian wanted to bring him in here as somebody who works side by side. How much is it? I talk about the goalie coach, but the Canucks like to call it a, a goaltending department, it sounds like. How much of it is about, you know, having Ian and Marco be involved with you in your development? I think it's awesome. Like, you know, working with, like, top-tier goalie coaches, mm. it's uh, always, like, the best, I think. And it's, like, taking all the information, all the knowledge they have and translate it to your game, I think it's an amazing thing. Yeah, most definitely. I an amazing thing that I think you want to see this season is some playoff games in Abbotsford. How much of a letdown was it last year to not give your home fans some playoff games? And how bad do you guys want to do it this year? Uh, for sure, this year we want to, to do that at home. We want to like push it through, right? We want to make sure we play quality hockey and win the games. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like really good challenge for us as a group like last year it didn't really happen for us but i think this year is like really good opportunity Mm. do you think that there's more pressure or excitement which one do you guys are more for going into the playoffs here because last year you guys you know the two game sweep was tough is there pressure from last year or is there excitement because this is a new team here i think it's excitement Mm. it's like we're bringing good energy every single day to like even practices so I think it's it's I think everyone should be excited to play. Like it's like really time which matters in the hockey season. Mm-hmm. With um, you know, earlier this season you get a run in the NHL. Um, talk me through the first start. What was the day like? Like, were you did you have butterflies in your stomach all day, or were you excited for like what was it like when you knew you were getting that NHL start? Uh, it was really excited. I was nervous too because, you know, I was like, okay, I'm playing against like NHL team. <laughs> like it's always been like, you, like you always wanted to be there. So like great opportunity and great like uh, teacher, let's say yeah, that game. Wait. And it's just like, yeah. I got to think it's just like, you know, it's it's such a cool moment for us in the media to watch because that's a dream come true for you. I'm sure it must have been like, what was your phone like after the game? Did you have a million text messages? What was it like? Yeah, it was like a lot of text messages, like congratulations to making debut in NHL. Mm-hmm. And it's like really excited. Like I'm always excited about playing <laughs> hockey. It's yeah. always been the thing. And like... <laughs> 
Um, when you got to come up to the NHL, we've, you know, when I'm at practice, I see this, how much work Ian likes to get before practice, before morning skates, a little bit of time after, has the talk with the goalies, all that stuff. How nice was it to just get there in person with Ian uh, a little bit and get some time this year to work with him? I'm sure you guys were doing, you know, similar things with him and Marco, but to be there with Ian again a little bit at the NHL level, how nice was that? Uh, it's always uh, good to work with Ian. Uh, there's always things like I can do better or maybe change sometimes, right? Mm. And I think it's like as a good teacher, right? Right. Good mentor uh, who can like lead you to the right path. That's good. And it seems like you need to just buy into the system and it works for goalies. I'm, you know, looking at you the way you've changed your game a little bit, it feels like you've really been able to buy in to what Ian Clark is doing there. How, how nice is it to be kind of on the same page with a goalie coach? I'm sure throughout your life you've had goalie coaches that maybe you didn't agree with everything, but it feels like you guys are, are locked in. You guys are on the same page how you're developing right now. Uh, I think it's, like, really good. Like, for me, like, as a young guy who got drafted here, I was, like, really excited, and I knew I had to be, like, a sponge, right? Mm. Listen all this details, all the stuff I could learn. And then later on, try to use it uh, in my game. Mm-hmm. I remember the summer after you're drafted, training camp was in Victoria. That was our first kind of look at you in Canucks jerseys. What do you remember? Because that's that's a few years ago now. It's, it's kind of crazy to think about. What do you remember from that training camp in Victoria? Because you were so young at the time, Artie. Actually, I don't really remember much. <laughs> that's the thing. I just remember like landscape of Victoria, but like practices not really kind of just all a big blur eh? like getting in the nhl time at you were 18 yeah, years old yeah. at the time yeah i can't can't even imagine um uh, I, I was supposed to ask you this some of the guys mentioned you're a sneaky extremely good video game player i've heard so what's your game uh Artie? i've been told you're one of the best at a couple of them but what's your best game um i would say counter strike global offensive oh okay See, that's a pretty fun game too. I haven't touched the Counter Strike in years. Yeah, it's still good, some... eh? Yeah, it is good. Okay, it's anything... fun to play with friends. You know, yeah. you like you don't see your friends often. Let's say from you know hometown, mm-hmm. so it's nice to connect together, like speak around, like so. It's fun. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm the same. I got every night at nine o'clock. Me and my buddies, same same three guys, we're playing. And it's nice to to see some friends from back home. Is do you have a do you have a regular time? Like, do you, are you able to get back with some friends back home with the time change? I'm sure it might be difficult. Uh, they uh, they live in North America right oh, good. now, so it's not too hard. Nice to manage awesome. that. Well, aside from the video games, I've heard that. Uh, Traveling's a big thing that apparently you like. What are what are some of the places that you've traveled to that you've really enjoyed uh, in your young age here, Artie? Uh, like I traveled a lot when I was like uh, younger, when it was like hockey things. Mm. But now I just started to do like vacations and other that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm just I'm just always excited about summer. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's fun time. You have to relax uh, from the hockey take your mind off and just enjoy yourself for a couple of months. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm sure the, the next couple of months are going to be a ton of fun before the summer here with you guys getting a playoff run uh, moving ahead. So we're excited to watch that. And I can't let you go, Artie, without showing you. So when we talk about you on the show, and we talk about Abbotsford quite a bit, we have a, a theme song. It's called the Artie Party theme song. Okay. So I'm going to play it for you, <laughs> and I need you to rank it out of 1 to 10, okay? So here it is. This is okay. our Artie party. A lot of people are calling it an Artie party when you're in that. I like that. All right, so one out of ten, Artie. What do you think for the Artie Party music? Do we need to change it? What do you think? We can make changes. You're you're the guy behind the party. <laughs> no, I think beat is pretty good. Okay. Uh, it's like, you know, like actual party, uh, party uh, beat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's like, I would, I would give like seven. Seven? Six, that's, seven. That's not bad. I mean, Maybe. 
we'll yeah. uh, we'll send you some lyrics and we'll get you yeah. to do some singing for us and then we'll we'll get a new song. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could try. I could tr- uh, try that, but okay, we'll I'm work. Really on good it. singer, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on it. Maybe, Maybe some altitude. Yeah, we'll get you rapping or something, Artie. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> well, Arthur's really appreciate you joining us. Uh, good luck the rest of the way for the regular season. We'll be following along. Uh, and playoffs, man, we can't wait to see you guys play at the Abbotsford Center this year. So good luck the rest of the way. Yeah, thank you. There it is. Arthur Seelov's joining us there. We had a Artie party. 7 out of 10 on the Artie party music. Not bad. Not bad. We, I think we can work on that uh, and make that a little bit better moving forward here. But maybe we'll get Arthur's, uh to mix it up on the track here. We'll see what happens. Uh, all right, lots more to get to. Let's get to a prospect report. That's right. Get it going in the chat right now. Uh, if you want to hop in here, we will talk about whatever prospects you want. And you can find the Blackfish video up on YouTube right now on the Canucks Army YouTube account, 11 minutes long. So it's a long one. You can check that out. I do want to dive into a handful of things and show a video of Kirill Kudryatsev. So let's dive into it. We talked about it later on the show uh, in the past couple week in the past week here. Jonathan LeCarrie Mackey making that return to the lineup. This has all happened in the past week, so I want to get to a lot of little things here. Uh, Jonathan LeCarrie Mackey, and guess what? I got my prospects notes out here, uh, like four pages of it. So let's dive into it. Uh, LeCarrie Mackey with the two goals in his return to Svenskin has been great. Uh, he missed six weeks, so he came back a little early. They were expecting eight weeks of him to be out, but he was uh, back in the lineup and, and playing well. So they've actually swept. Their series. They won the first four games. Uh, LeCarrie Mackey was in the final two. So Jurgarden's just waiting for their next style here uh, to come in and play against another, the second round of the Alsvenskan playoffs. So all good stuff there. Uh, Philip Johansson, the right shot guy, uh, defenseman who's playing off in Sweden. Uh, he's facing off against Lucas Forsell still in the SHL playoffs. Game seven is going to go tomorrow. So one of these two is going to be eliminated. I know some people have asked could Philip Johansson sign an ATO, come over here and play in Abbotsford? I don't think the door is closed on that just yet. It's possible. It's also getting pretty late in the season to see that addition to a team. He's also playing in playoffs, playing a lot of minutes. He's had a long season. Johansson has played a ton of minutes. He could be an option to come on an ATO, join this team, get here, get early, uh, get acclimated with the coaching staff, the organization. That would all be good, but we may not see it until the summertime as well, maybe at a development camp or something with Philip Johansson because still not, to, not really at that age where he's out of being in the development camp spot. So it could be interesting to see what happens with Johansson and what happens with the rest of that playoff series. Uh, Johansson had a goal and two assists on Thursday, and that was a great game for him. Four cells had a three-point game earlier in the tournament or in the uh, in the series, so it's been good to watch. Uh, these two players battle against each other. They're also childhood friends, so that's been a fun moment. Elias Patterson, DPD. I got to say that this is wild. DPD has played in six games over the past seven days, he's played in four SHL games where he hasn't played a lot of minutes, totaling up just under six minutes actually total. So he's really not playing a lot in those games, but he still has, you know, put on the skates, put on the jersey, been out there for four SHL games. He also played 24 minutes on average in two J20 games. So the dude has played a, a ton of minutes of late, uh, you know, a ton of games, six games over his last seven days for Elias Patterson. The guy just can't stay away from the rink. We like him as our top prospect in the Vancouver Canucks system, but have to be a little bit let down because he hasn't been getting that time in the SHL playoffs. This is a spot where we were hoping to see a lot of success from him and continue to kind of build on what he did all regular season because there was, there was times where he was in the high teens kind of consistently for like a couple of weeks playing that many minutes in the SHL. So to not be trusted in the playoffs not great. So it's not a great thing, but we'll have to see. Maybe there's some injuries moving forward. Uh, maybe he gets into the lineup later on into the playoffs as they roll through. A um, couple more things from the AHL, and then I'll get to the chat. So fire your stuff into the chat, and we'll dive into player um, there. Uh, let's talk about Atu Ratu. Eight points over his last 10 games since uh, being reassigned to the AHL. So he's been good playing that center role. Should have a little bit of a boost now to the bottom half of the lineup with Max Sasson joining. So that's all good news there. Archie Baines, since coming on the show, guy's been red hot. He's got three goals in his last four games. All good stuff there. Jet Wu, still liking what he's doing, throwing the body around a ton. Really good stuff. Jet Wu continues to play well, getting a little bit of power play time as well. So that's all good stuff for him in the AHL. I did see his name a little bit earlier. We are going to dive into some OHL players here and just kind of give you a quick little update. Connor Lockhart has three goals in his three OHL games over the past week. So him continuing to score goals, that's all good stuff um, from Connor Lockhart. Still not sure. Like, he's a player who could be deserving of an NHL contract from the Vancouver Canucks. 
I just think that the size is is a worry, right? Is he ever going to be an NHLer with, you know, coming in at 5'9"? It's difficult. It's difficult. There's a lot of skill there for sure. And I don't think the Canucks would spend a draft pick on a player that was that size if they didn't have any thought that there could be a future in the NHL. You just you don't spend a draft pick on a player you don't believe in. So they clearly believe in Lockhart, and he's had a good season. Top 25 in scoring in the OHL, all good things from him. And I know his goal has been to earn that shot and be able to be a player who gets a contract with an NHL team. That's been his goal all season long. He's talked about it on this show. He's talked about it uh, in some articles that we've written about him over the past little bit. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I just I don't know. I don't know which way this is going to go. If I was leaning towards the side, I'm going to say I don't think he does get a contract. Unfortunately, I think that you know having a list of 50 contracts that you can get to. Not sure if Lockhart's going to end up fitting in the final one there. Josh Bloom, I saw his name pop up in the chat. Let's get to him. He had a goal and an assist and two assists over two OHL games this past week. Shorthanded assist was a nice one, and I do want to showcase this. I'm going to play this video here for everyone on YouTube of uh, Kirill Kudryatsev. This is starting to become, I don't want to say like a signature goal, but it's something that you love to see from a defenseman be able to pull this type of move and and consistently do it. We've seen this a few times this year from Kirill Kudryatsev where he can go end-to-end with the puck. And if you're watching on YouTube, please come. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, head over to the YouTube one day when you get a chance uh, for these prospects reports. But we can see Kirill Kudryatsev pick the puck up in his own zone really pick up some speed, cross the blue line, and then it's just that little lean back with the puck a little bit, somewhat of a toe drag, pull it back, and end up taking the shot. It's good stuff from Kudryatsev to do this in a year where he still has another full season in the OHL next year. Like Next year is when we're going to see Kudryatsev really start to light things up and get our attention. So nice play, coast-to-coast play. We like to see it from Kudryatsev, and uh, hopefully you can build going into next season as well. All right, I think we're getting pretty close to wrapping things up here on the show. It's been a fun solo episode uh, so far today. I tell you what, really good stuff from Archer Seelovs there. I wasn't sure because I've I've had him in a lot of post games before. We haven't spent a ton of time um, kind of getting opportunities, so it was fun there to kind of dive into a few other little things um, with him. And uh, let me switch my camera back. There we go. Uh, to dive into some things, you know, learning a little bit more about Archer Seelovs. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, Canucks need right hand D. Jacob Truscott. Yes, uh, Truscott has a hand slash wrist injury. Um, hoping, I know he's hoping to get back into the lineup very soon. But uh, they're they're rocking into their um, NCAA Final Four with Michigan, so they have an opportunity to get to that point. Um, I think Truscott, if he has any chance of playing, he's going to push himself. He's going to get in the lineup. He's going to play. And from what I've heard it sounds like he's very open to going pro. So I think it's about the Vancouver Canucks making a decision here. Hey, if you want to add another guy to your AHL roster that you think can bring some depth on defense, I'd go for it. The Canucks don't really have many guys, I think just the two guys on NHL contracts playing on their defense right now in Abbotsford. This would be an example of a guy who could bring that. And you bring him in, you bring Philip Johansson in, you're starting to build some NHL potential depth at the AHL level. And that's massive, right? Once you start to get an AHL team that has... NHL depth or potential for NHL players, you're really talking about an AHL team that can excite you. And that's what I think we've really changed with this Canucks organization since they moved here from Utica. Since they came back to Abbotsford, they've made big changes towards committing to an AHL team being a real, you know, suffice area where they can actually develop. And instead of drubbing along through a season across the continent where you're, you don't know, like, you know, they didn't know what was going on in Utica. They were do it was their own thing. Now this is a a situation where the Sedins are out in Abbotsford all the time. They're in Vancouver all the time. They're ones connecting a lot of this. I see uh Cammy Granado, Emily Castongay, they're both out there often. Um Rick Tockett's been able to go out there and watch games. Like the connective the connectiveness between the two, which may not even be a word, but the connection between those two organizations now with the Abbotsford Canucks and the Vancouver Canucks, it's really coming together as something that you can build off of moving forward. So lots of good there. Um, don't think we have many more in the chat here that I haven't missed. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow with the show. Quad should be returning. Uh, final odds and ends that I got to get to because I know Alex wants us to hit everything on the ticker. Uh, the Abbotsford Canucks, we just talked about them. They signed left shot defenseman Andy Carroll of the Minis- of Minnesota State Mankato to an ATO, so he's on an AHL. Uh, AHL deal with that team. He's going to get an opportunity to play in the playoffs with them. Um, Carroll, don't know too much about him. Like I've seen him play, but I wasn't really looking for him. Uh, similar to Hirose, where, yes, I watched a lot of his games, uh, but I was watching for Jake Livingstone mostly. 
Um, Carroll's an, an interesting one where, he, you know, he's a second-pairing guy for Minnesota Mankato. who had a really good team, a really good defense core this year. I mean, three guys are going to end up signing pro out of there, maybe even more. Um, so Carroll is going to be an interesting depth addition to the team, and I think he's going to fit in nicely with guys like Quinn Schmeeman, uh, uh, Chad Nychuk. He's kind of in that area in my eyes, a little bit older, so maybe he's got a better chance of it, uh, of actually being some sort of depth for this team. And we'll have to see what happens with him moving forward, but uh, he should be in the lineup pretty soon. Finally, uh, the other odds and end, uh, Max Sasson. He's with Abbotsford now. Um, don't know if he's going to play tomorrow uh, as they play the Manitoba Moves, maybe on the weekend. You can find all this in the in the uh, Blackfish video and the article over on Canucks Army, but a lot of really positive things about Sasson's advanced statistics. In the 25 games that we tracked, uh, a Corsi of 61.8%, an expected goals control of 68.3%, only worry that we really had was him in the faceoff dot. It's it's a huge jump to go from the NCAA to pro hockey, whether that be the HL or the NHL. It's a huge. It might be a bigger jump in the faceoff dot. You're going against pros who do this for a living now instead of NCAA players who, yes, they live it, but it's another level. Like it's another level. Um, Sasson's faceoff percentage. He only won forty four point six percent of faceoffs in the NCAA this year. So it'll be interesting to watch how he adjusts to the pro level because I think. Though he wasn't great in the faceoff dot, he was a really good center. Once the puck was dropped, he's a very good center. He's very good at being in the right position, at assisting breakouts, at doing a lot of little things that centers need to do. He's very good at just being a center. He's just not great in the faceoff dot. So that might be something that works on with pro coaches or something along those lines. So we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, we'll wrap things up on that note. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, 1 o'clock. Uh, very much appreciative to our producer, Alex Allard. He's done a good job on the show today, uh, helping me get through a bunch of stuff at the start of the show as well. And Archer Seelaws for joining us there. Awesome stuff. Nice to have an arty party on the show here. Um, so we'll wrap things up there. Do we play the tank song one more time, Alex? I think we do. Take us out with the tank. If, we li- if the Canucks win tonight... This might be the last one we see. So thank you to everyone in the chat for tuning in. Thank you to everybody for listening on podcast. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of the Canucks Conversation. One final take. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.